So, hello and welcome to the Full Time Whistle. We are back again for another one of our added time episodes. So, this one might be a little bit longer than a couple of the previous ones that we've done. Um, but I'm joined by Aaron and Jack today. A um, little special guest as well who we will get on to. Aaron, how have you been? Yeah, I'm good, George. You know, it's been a while back uh, back in Glasgow now for for a week. Oh, it's cool. uh, you know, it's so much colder than down south. You know, only packed shorts, and it's actually brutal. But uh, oh. I can't complain for my end, mate. Risky. Yeah. Well, <laughs> glad you're doing all right, uh, Jack. How are you? Yeah, all good, mate. All good. Finally, um, finally, can talk about my team, Nottingham Forest, in this podcast uh, properly without just sliding a few hints. So yeah, looking forward to this one, man. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, from what Jack said there, you might have guessed that we are doing a bit of a championship special. So, who better to get on than Ryan from the Second Tier podcast? Ryan, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm surprised uh, you said who else better because I'm sure quite a few people from other podcasts might say, hang on, why you got this guy on? But, yeah, I'm happy to, to talk about championship football. It's my, it's my bread and butter, isn't it? Yeah, there we go. Exactly. So, um, Obviously, Aaron and Jack uh, both obviously well qualified as well, being fans of championship clubs. Um, I'm lucky enough to have seen my team Aston Villa go back up from the championship. It could happen. It could happen for you guys soon, specifically um, for for Jack, I suppose, given the current state of the championship table. Um, yeah, fing- fingers crossed for you. Um, but um, Ryan, I don't know. Do you want to give a little bit of a background into your kind of route into being a a bit of a championship expert and being involved in the second tier and everything just before we kick off. Yeah, so we started the podcast, well, this is our third season now, nearly fourth season, heading into next season. So we've been doing it for a while now. And me and Justin, who I also do the podcast with, we were big fans of, well, we're both Derby fans. I'll just put that out there straight away. So we've been in the championship for quite a while. Uh, similar to Jack, really. We're both used to just... Uh, seeing the same teams every every season um, and we got used to the championship and decided you know what may as well start a podcast with it now um, and start having a chat with it and it's just kind of blown up from uh, the ground to nothing really so yeah it's um, it's going quite well and uh, now I'm a fully fledged championship expert I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah it's good to hear so yeah what, what we are going to be discussing I think in this episode is a little bit of everything. I think we're going to focus on the kind of promotion push at the moment because it's it's really starting to hot up. It's been quite exciting for, for, for most of the season, to be fair, because obviously we've got the top six in the championship, top two um, automatically promoted, and then the, the four underneath in the playoffs as well. But there are a lot of teams in the running for the playoffs. Um, if I'm just looking at the table right now, um, it, it's kind of looking relatively likely who's going to be the top two, certainly number one. Um, but underneath that, it's it's very much up for debate, kind of um, who is actually going to be involved in uh, in the playoffs come the end of the season. Jack, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about, about Forrest and their chances, because if we look at the current table, Forrest are in ninth at the moment, but on 58 points, so just three points off uh, Blackburn here in sixth at the moment. So how do you, how do you rate Forrest's chances, first of all? I think we'll, we'll do a little bit about each team um, who's kind of in the running and uh, expand on their season a little bit. Yeah, well, if you would have said that we would have been two, two, um, with two games in hand, three points off the playoffs at the start of the season, I think anyone would have bit your hand off from a Forest perspective. So after six games, we were bottom of the table um, playing some dire football. Um, so yeah, Steve Cooper's come in and say he's turned it around completely. I think from 
a fan's attitude towards the team. Um, the whole feel around the club has changed since Cooper's come in. Now we're managing to to sell out pretty much every game now. The atmosphere is just electric. And we're playing a style of play that everyone can enjoy. It's attacking, free-flowing. Um, we made some good additions in, in January as well, especially Keenan Davis, who's, who's I don't think he's really had a bad game, really, since he's come in. So um, I feel probably the best position we've been in for at least a couple of seasons. No, a couple of seasons ago, we had that um, push under Lamucci. Unfortunately, with kind of COVID stopping play, we just never really re-got that momentum going. Um, but yeah, I think we're in a great position with with um, the last few games to go now. Yeah, um, Aaron, I know obviously uh, we've, t- we've touched on you also being a championship supporter, not uh, as, a, as a Cardiff fan, not looking in, in the same sort of position to be to be battling for promotion this season. But how, how have you rated their season so far before we take a kind of deep dive into the, uh, the promotion spots? Nah, I can just quickly move on. It's been hard. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Well, well, do you know what? At least we're not on a relegation battle now. If you'd said this a couple of months ago, generally worried. Um, but mm. Steve Morrison came in as caretaker. He's now got the job for another year. He's turned it around. Um, just due to COVID and everything that's happened, just completely stripped back on spending any money. So all free transfers and loans. Um, it's been a horrific season, really. Start of the season, there was false optimism that we were going to you know, challenge for promotion and we started okay and then we went on this mad run of not scoring a goal in like nine games with, you know, under Mitt McCarthy playing five centre-backs at the back and then conceding a goal like in the first four minutes against West Brom, you know, and you got five centre-halves on. It was just a nightmare and and I'm, I was saying to Jack before we, we, we started this, I don't know if it's a record, but Luton was the first game we played this season where we scored a goal in the first half and that was our 20th game into the season so that must wow. I don't know if it is a record but surely that must be a record go 20 games without a goal in the first half it's absolutely mad so if anything sums up our season it's that but at least we're um, at least we're not going to go down and we mm. still could go above Swansea so for me that's the only thing to get out of this season Yeah well I mean you, you've got to look on the bright side as much as you possibly can and at least that's that's been Kind of, kind of destroyed a little bit because I didn't know about that stat at all. Mm. Um, that's an interesting one, um, Ryan. I don't know whether you want to have a little kind of chat about um, the the kind of promotion race at the moment because obviously we've seen we've seen Fulham kind of fly away with it a little bit. We've seen Alexander Mitrovic uh, once again in the Championship prove himself, and he's he's currently the top scorer. But besides Fulham, it's kind of been a little bit all over the place in those spaces between even second and, and, and kind of down to, down to 10th, you'd even say 10th, 11th. Um, uh, they're the teams that could be involved in the playoffs. Do you have, did you have any sort of predictions going into the season and have, like, what do you think, what do you think now, given like the state of how things have gone? Because it has been a bit of a shock. There's some surprise teams in there. There's some teams that you expected would be in there as well. So what are your kind of thoughts on the current, the current landscape of, um, of that sort of promotion charge? I think my expectations at the start of the season should just probably be left behind because like quite a few people, I just got it completely wrong. I think we had, I think we had West Brom to win the league and they did start all right, but then it went completely to pot and just seemed to get worse and worse. This I've picked up a bit now, but that was just completely wrong. I think we had Fulham seconds and they're just cruising to promotion at this point, aren't they? And whether you want to have a chat at some point about Fulham and how they'll do in the Premier League, um, I think there's definitely some debates about how 
they'll do up there. Um, otherwise, I don't think we've got it too completely wrong. Huddersfield are the side who have really surprised me. Some may say Luton, but Huddersfield are the one that I didn't really expect to be in the top half, let alone challenging for the playoffs this season. Carlos Corbran, the manager there, a disciple of Marcello Bielsa, has done a sterling job after they were really poor last season. They were quite lucky to stay up in the end, but um, he's really turned it around defensively. They've been rock solid as ever, and he's managed to get some brilliant performances out, some really good young players there as well. So they've been really good. Um, with regards to the promotion race now, of course, Bournemouth well in the driving seat. I say they're probably about 80% there. I wouldn't say they're definitely promoted, though. I've seen quite a few pundits say, well, that's it now. They should get promoted. And they probably should from this point, considering they've got two games in hand as well. But they have got a horrible final, how many games is it? Final 10 games left. They've got to play loads of the teams still challenging for the playoffs. So I wouldn't say it's said and done yet. But they should get there, considering as well there aren't too many teams who have been as consistent as them to really challenge for the top two as well. But the, the actual playoff race is probably as wide open as it has been for a long time. Yeah, in terms in terms of Fulham, like you were saying, obviously they're, they're one of those clubs that fit into that category of kind of being almost too good for the Championship and not good enough for the Premier League. Do you think things might be different this season as they go into the Premier League? Or do you think that they're basically destined to be one of these clubs obviously um Mitrovic is the kind of epitome of that where he's never really found any form or consistency in the Premier League um but it, it's one of those where the championship would be a, a worse league without him he's he's performed consistently the whole time he's been there but what do you think the future kind of does hold for Fulham briefly and then we, we can go and chat about um the the other teams in a little bit more detail well, actually, I think Mitrovic not performing in the Premier League is a bit of a myth because in his first season uh, with Fulham, he scored 11 goals, which for a promoted striker isn't a bad tally by any means. And then last season, he was shoved onto the bench by Scott Parker after seemingly falling out of favour with him and he decided to play Ivan Cavallero instead up front, which considering he's now... How many goals has he got? Is it 36 now? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah when, when you look at that, it's pretty balmy, that tactical decision. Um, so I, I think Mitrovic is a mid-table Premier League striker, to be quite honest. And I think next season, he'll be key to how they do in the Premier League. How will they actually do? I'm still a bit unsure. I think they're definitely heading up in a better position than they did in the last two times they got promoted. Because um, obviously they've actually won the league this time. Last time they won it, last two times they won it, they won it through the playoffs. What they've got to do is just not get a whole new squad in, which is the problem that they had before, wasn't it? The last two times they spunked a load of money on so many different players, the likes of Ryan Barbel and Jean-Michel Serry, for example, players who cost a lot of money but didn't actually bring anything to the team. And I don't think they need that much. I think they'll definitely need to add in certain areas, but they don't need a whole new squad. I think they need five or six new players. And if they do that and be sensible with their spending, I think they should be all right next season. Nice. Um, Jack, in terms of the, the, the sort of places, obviously you can include a Forest player if you want to. Have there been any sort of standout, standout players involved in this, um, in this sort of like playoff race that you've picked up on because obviously we've spoken before I think on the podcast about Jed Spence we spoke about it um, in terms of that that England right back spot and how saturated it is and how he could 
he like at a certain point maybe he would have been in the running for it. Um, are there any other players at any of the other clubs? Maybe like um, at Luton, Huddersfield, Sheffield United, Blackburn, any any of those sort of teams who have really stood out to you that you didn't really expect to? I think if you start in with starting with Bournemouth, Dominic Solanke's come into some some good form. He got like when he first came, he obviously had that big transfer fee um, coming in from Liverpool and coming into like a Premiership Bournemouth side at the time. He was never really going to live up to that reputation. He didn't really have a great first championship season, but like this season, I feel like the fans have kind of uh, gone to him now. They've uh, they're supporting him. You can you can see on like Twitter and different platforms of all the chants they're doing for him now. So I think they've got him in a good attitude, in good form. It just shows what confidence can do to a player like that. Because um, the thing is, he's still fairly young as well. I don't know. I think he's probably what 23, 24 now. So he's still got a long career ahead of him. And so, yeah, he's been so he's been getting a lot of goals. Um, in terms of Luton, say, we were kind of saying just before we started, like, you can't really pinpoint one kind of Luton player you'd go, who would probably say is a household name. You kind of, the squad they've got, they've just been working really well as a team and grinding out those, those performances. Yeah, I mean, I think you've got, um, is it Adebayo, I think, is on 14 goals. But in terms of, like, it being, he's he's in the, t- he's in the top 10, but he's not, like, one of the top goal scorers in the league. And currently, um, I think uh, Luton is sitting in third at the moment, which is, for a team who I think they have huge restrictions on in terms of the player wages that they can hand out, in terms of the actual money that they spend on players as well, it's basically that of a, you know, lower championship, upper league one team. So for them to be in the position they're in, I think is absolutely incredible. Um, Aaron, do you have, have, have any sorry sorry have any thoughts um, on any of the teams? Do you think it will be relatively similar to in terms of the playoff positions at the moment? Do you think it'll be similar to how it is now, or do you think there's room for loads and loads of change before the end of the season? No, nah, it's definitely room for change. Um, Blackburn are on this uh, decline. Just now, they're on the slide. Ever since like, uh, Ben yeah. Brenton Diaz got injured, I mean, it wasn't like he was scoring before, but he's the the goals has completely dried up there. I know it's a little bit biased, but I thought when Ryan Giles signed for them in January, I thought he'd be making more of an impact because he got nine assists at Cardiff. So you would think if he got nine assists at a struggling team, he would do it at a team pushing for promotion. So I don't see them staying in the playoffs. For me, I don't know if it is the dark horse, but Middlesbrough for me. Are, are the team. I, I just think for the Nephi Cup, Chris Wilder coming in, getting them organised and they're really playing well as a team unit. So they're the team for me that will get into the playoffs. Sheffield United I, I think as well deserve a special mention, the job that Paul Heckenbottom's done there. I think when Slavin Jukanovic was there it just was toxic. You know, especially like me being in like the Yorkshire area know quite a few people from Sheffield to support United and they just said it was just toxic with him there and I think even they're surprised with the job that, that Paul Heckenbottom's done I think you know especially like here in Scotland the job he did at Hibs was not very well thought of um, and I don't think he did a very good one at Leeds either so I think he's really turned it around and especially with the structure and the finances behind them they've, they, sh- they should stay in um, and then it's just pick your poison for the rest I mean QPR so hot and cold you, you just don't know I think when you think about it, like at the start, you can kind of, I know we've kind of spoke briefly about predictions. You could have really said who was up there. But then like halfway through the season, you've got like Forrest getting Steve Cooper in, 
Sheffield United changing manager and then obviously Middlesbrough changing manager. And that has kind of propelled, uh, propelled those three teams to kind of push for that now. Yeah. Um, I feel like obviously Middlesbrough and Forest have been on kind of very similar runs. So I feel like the last 10 games now will be a real fight between kind of Forest and Borough's kind of secure fifth and sixth. Yeah, it's it's one of those. It's a, it's a very strange one because if you look at the um, the top sort of half of the table, um, there's the only team who hasn't lost across their last five games is actually Forest. Even you know like Fulham, Bournemouth, all of the teams who are in that top uh, the top kind of five or six in the Championship have lost games and they're like they they are all capable of losing games, but they are putting together these runs and we've seen a lot of kind of strong form and then form drop off. Like we've seen Blackburn go on these runs. We've seen Huddersfield go on a, an incredible run. Forest, obviously, as well. And then we've seen certain certain teams go in the opposite direction, like West Brom, obviously, when things started to sour um, under Ishmael and then obviously Steve Bruce coming in and they still, they've not been able to really mount a proper um, push to get back into the, into the reckoning for the playoffs. It's still, I believe, mathematically possible. I think... Um, yeah, they're on 38 games and they're seven points behind Blackburn right now. Uh, down, they're down in 12th. So it is possible. That's that's the thing. I think like you look at the teams below there, like even Coventry City, which is um, pretty much my local uh, my local EFL side. Um, it would be interesting to see them come back up as well. And there, there are so many teams here who would be interesting to see back in the Premier League and it'd be interesting to see a team who's not been there before in in, in Luton for example as well. Ryan do you have a kind of favourite to go up in third if we're presuming that Fulham and Fulham and Bournemouth are the two automatically promoted sides. Firstly who do you think it will be um, going up via the playoffs and and secondly who would you like it to be? Is there a, a specific team that you just feel like deserves that shot at the big time? I think the top six will... I think there's definitely a most likely top six right now. And I think Luton, Sheffield United and Forest, for me, are the three teams I'd be surprised not to see in the top six coming in the season. Um, and then I think the final place is between Middlesbrough and Huddersfield. Huddersfield were going very well for the past few months. And then the last two games have really scared me because they looked awful. Um a lot of fatigue has played in there. Whether this international break will have helped them or not, I'm not too sure. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they do. And Middlesbrough are just a side who have been ticking over. Their away form has been a concern, but at home, Riverside has been a very, very, very happy hunting ground for them. So, yeah, that's how I see the playoffs ending up. Which team actually wins the playoffs? I'm personally between Forest and Sheffield United. I think Forrest are the kind of side you don't want to come up against in the playoffs because they've got a very, very good manager in Steve Cooper, someone who is very tactically adept, um, defensively solid as anything. And I don't think you'd want to come up against them over two legs. Sheffield United, we all know the quality they've got. It's still pretty much the same team that got relegated from last season. So they've got a lot of quality and Heckenbottom's just telling them, OK, go out there, do your thing. And when you've got the likes of Morgan Gibbs-White, who's an unbelievable player, um, they're going to be a team you want to avoid in the playoffs as well. Which team do I actually want to win the playoffs? Luton Town. Just because it's Luton Town. You've got the smallest wage budget in the division who are sat third in the championship right now, if they got promoted to the Premier League, 
it would be amazing. And I think there'd be everyone's neutral side in the top flight next season. It'd be it would be one hell of a story if they actually got to the Premier League, but there's still a long way to go before that's actually a reality. Yeah, I think that they'd definitely be my second my second side in the Premier League. I, I did a career mode with them on FIFA a few. <laughs> I think it was I think it was FIFA 21, and got into the Premier League. And I, to to see that like play out in real life, add the bio as well was incredible on FIFA, by the way. Um, but yeah, I, I always like to have a second team in the Premier League uh, alongside Villa. So. Yeah, it definitely would be Luton. Nathan Jones in the Premier League would be mad. <laughs> Can you imagine oh, him good. going up against like Guardiola? <laughs> it would be hilarious. I mean, Barry Welshman be brilliant. That would be. It would be good to see. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get to see it. Um, Ryan, whilst we're with you um, at the moment, what what are your thoughts on the kind of relegation scrap at the moment? Do you think it's kind of done and dusted, or do you think there's Still, the opportunity of, of Reading getting sucked in. I don't know whether you think that the bottom three are going to hundred percent be the bottom three. It's 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 virtually like it's it's pretty pretty clear that that is going to be. It's very likely rather that that's going to be the case. Do you think it's just going to stay exactly the same? I'd say it's likely that it will be just that bottom three. That the big question mark is going to be over the game on Saturday, which is between Barnsley and Reading, because that's a massive game. If Reading win you'd say that's pretty much it. It's difficult to see any of those sides in the bottom three making up enough ground to cover up a eight-point gap, which could potentially open if a Reading do win. So, yeah, the, the, the relegation battle is looking a lot clearer than it was because at one point it did look like it was wide open. Reading just could not get any points on the board for love nor money. Derby were hot on the heels, but their forms dropped off, particularly with their away form. And Barnsley come out of nowhere. They were awful for four-fifths of the season. Mm-hmm. They've just suddenly sprung to life and uh, have given it a right good going. They've still got a decent chance of staying up. A lot of it depends on the game at Oakwell this Saturday. And if it's a Reading win, it's difficult to see anything other than the bottom three being as it is. Yeah, it's it, it looks relatively likely, doesn't it? But yeah, with Barn, I thought Barnsley were dead and buried. Um, I was I was writing quite a lot about the EFL um, at the start of this year, and um, for Barnsley to to have a turnaround, it's you just did not expect at all because the way that they run as a club is is quite admirable. They have that kind of money ball philosophy, which is quite attractive in football nowadays, and it, it was a shock to see them first and foremost be so awful towards the start of the season but to, for them to find a little bit of not form but to, to creep slowly up the table um, or at least off the kind of bottom spot um, it's really good to see from, from from their perspective. Aaron I don't know if there's been has there been any team that's really disappointed you this season obviously you can say your own team if you, if you want to but have there been any other any other clubs as well who you kind of expected more of at the start of the season? Do you know the big disappointment one for me is Stoke City because not that I expected stuff from them at the start of the season, but they were right up there for like a large part of the first half of the season, and then they've just completely wilted away. Probably a bit of overachievement at the start, uh, but they've just completely gone away into the mid-table now, and uh, I think that's been a big disappointment. And I guess the obvious one is West Brom. No way should West Brom be 12th in, in the table. Um, they were near thereabouts, weren't they? first half and they've just completely wilted away I know there was stuff being said about Ishmael's tactics and the way he was taking training and the way he was, he was directing with players and I think when you need that manager's bounce the one the one guy you don't want is one that has so much stick and like Steve Bruce they probably just needed a different type of energy 
there, but he seems to pick up a few points recently. But those two teams, and of course my own team, have been the main disappointments this season. Yeah, I know that there has been talk of Michael O'Neill at Stoke being replaced, but nothing. Yeah. I haven't heard anything in in the past week or so. Um, I know Daniel Farker, I think, was was being linked to that to that job. So that that'd be interesting to see Farker come back to the Championship. Um, obviously, I think he went out to Russia and then ha- ended up leaving that job before because uh, of everything that's that's obviously happened over there. Um, but yeah, it's 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 been. I think it's this season in the Championship. It's been one of those where it is. It's a great advert for people who are wanting to get into the EFL because it's it's so exciting compared to to a lot of other leagues around the world. It's probably for me the league that I follow second to the Premier League. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's really exciting to see. Jack, in terms of like the the, the top goal scorers this season, um, I have got them here, so I don't expect you to have remembered any of them at all. But um, are there any specifically that you can see becoming you know regular kind of Premier League? goal scorers in the future obviously we've we look at the top the top goal scorers at the moment we've obviously as we've said got Mitrovic at top uh, the top with 35 I think it is uh, and seven assists on top of that as well second Dominic Solanke has obviously been mentioned as well 23 goals six assists Ben Broughton Diaz who as Aaron said is has been injured um, for a little bit now 20 goals and just the one assist and then um, Andreas Weiman as well who obviously has he's been in the championship for such a long time um, and yeah, he's on 18 goals and nine assists. So he's kind of really coming to coming to his own this season. Joel Perot, Billy Sharp, Carlin Grant, um, and then we go into like Adebayo and um, Gaia Keres from Coventry as well. Is, are there any people that obviously a fair few of them have played in the Premier League before? The likes of Sharp, Sharp, Grant, um, Mitrovic, um, even Andy Vyman at the start of his career at Villa. Are there any players who you think can can do that either again or can make that step up now? Because you look. There's actually so many, so many uh, players who have got into double figures when it comes to goals. Even going down to like Scott Hogan at Blues and and Brown at Stoke. So th- there's a lot of them there. Is, is anyone stand out on the goal scoring front for you who you think could maybe make the step up even if they don't get promoted? Um, well, I think there's that big argument about Ben Burrows and Diaz at the moment in there. Um, yeah. Obviously, his next if Blackburn don't achieve anything in the playoffs uh, you can see him moving on I can't really see him fitting into kind of a Premier League side you kind of see how maybe Adam Armstrong as an example going to Southampton hasn't really hit the ground running there um, I know he's been linked with a lot of uh, Spanish sides so maybe maybe a move to a European League might suit his play a bit better like obviously as a Forest fan I kind of see saw him kind of like develop um, come through our academy and he's he doesn't really have that stature um, to me as a number nine, really. We always kind of see him as coming from the sides, coming from the flank. I know he's been getting quite a few headers lately and all this season, sorry. Um, but I think he'd get bullied too much in the Premier League for me. So I think maybe maybe a Spanish move would probably be a better better sign for him. Um, and then obviously, yeah, we kind of obviously we spoke about Mitrovic. It'd be it'd be weird to see what he'd be like in maybe a mid-table. Um, Premier League team um, see if he got that move because he still actually loved at, at Newcastle he was a proper court figure there um, so it actually was surprising when he actually got that permanent move to Fulham um, and then also we say with Dominic Solanke I, I think that he kind of just needs to staple that place at, at Bournemouth I can't really see him hitting the heights of the championship in the Premier League just now obviously it might change some players turn it around uh, pretty quickly but 
I think for now, just kind of stay for that position, see how he gets on with his first season at Bournemouth. If not, I think it probably would probably be more of a championship move again for him. Yeah, it is. It's, it's one of those where it seems to be a bit of a mixed mixed bag when it comes to championship strikers translating their form to the Premier League. We've seen some really successful, some have been the complete opposite. Obviously, it, there's been a lot of penalties, but Ivan Tony has, when he's been fit, has had a pretty decent season. We've obviously seen like Ollie Watkins performing well, Shea Adams overall, you'd say, has probably been a success at Southampton. But then, as you said, Adam Armstrong, not so much. I remember... Uh, Carlin Grant, when he, I think he joined West Brom the January before they went back down. So he played a little bit in the Prem and wasn't wasn't particularly good there. So it is it is kind of very hit and miss, and um, it, it's a bit of a risk. But we are seeing Premier League clubs coming in for championship championship strikers a little bit more often. Um, Ryan, as as someone who kind of knows an awful lot, probably a lot more than I do, are there any other players? In, in other element in other parts of the squads uh, within this team, so any defenders and midfielders or even keepers amongst this kind of promotion chasing pack who you think could really make an impact if they step up to the prem yeah loads i i don 't think there 's much of a difference between some of the extremely talented championship players and the bottom half of the Premier League to be quite honest um Huddersfield, Levi Colwell, he's on loan from Chelsea, only 19 years old, is an unbelievable player. For someone so young, he reads the game so well and doesn't look like a 19-year-old. He's, he's a really, really top player. Will, I will not be surprised to see him involved at Chelsea next season. And if not at Chelsea, I think a Premier League club will take a chance on him because he's got a big future ahead of him. I would not be surprised to see him play for England at some point in his future. Um, Morgan Gibbs-White, someone I think many people have heard of from his time at Wolves. Never really got given a chance there, but for Sheffield United this season has been unbelievable. Um, very interested to see how his summer goes because if Wolves finally give him a chance, he'll work wonders there. But I think I'll probably expect him to go to another Premier League side just because Wolves haven't really shown much of, much of an interest in actually playing him. Um, and if he does go to another Premier League side, then he's another one who I don't think will be too far away from the England team because he's only 22 years old. He's, an um, he's a really, really talented player. And I think he can have the kind of impact that we've seen from the likes of Michael Lise at Palace, for example. Um, someone who just needs to step up and be given freedom to roam about and express himself a bit more. Um, apart from that, yeah, there's so many talented players. I mean... Jack will be able to tell you more about Brennan Johnson, someone I think will be in the Premier League next season, whether it's with Forrest or not, but he's a really, really talented player as well. Yeah, I think there are there are, are these sort of standout players and some of them, Brennan Johnson, I think it was, was it Lincoln he was at on loan the previous season? And I think a lot of people in the know within the, the EFL and the Championship kind of expected him to to make this impact and he's, he's coming good. Obviously, we've mentioned Jed Spence as well from a, a Forrest point of view. He's a player who I think regardless of if Forrest go up, he'll be in the Premier League next season. I mean, he's been he's been linked with like Bayern Munich and I think he's been linked with Spurs and, um, and Arsenal as well. So that'll be really interesting to see. We're seeing like the likes of Isaiah Jones, Sorba Thomas, all these kind of like wing-backs and, uh, and full-backs kind of have, having really good seasons as well. But I think it's it's been a really exciting... I don't know if it's because I've been more involved writing about the EFL this season... Um, for, for quite a small chunk of the season, whether that's kind of opened my eyes a little bit more. But to me, it's been it's been a very exciting championship season. And um, I think we'll we'll kind of start drawing to a close. But obviously, we've had 
Ryan has um, has said that he thinks the three promoted teams can be Fulham, Bournemouth, and Forest. Jack, I don't know if you you probably would like to like that to be the uh, the reality. Do you, is that something that you think's feasible as a as a Forest fan? Um, I do. I think this is. I think under this manager and the squad we've got, I think if we don't give it a good go this season, I think it'll be hard to replicate again. I mean, the players that we've got on loan, it's going to be so difficult to keep any of them. I think. I think probably Keenan Davis is probably the one that we'll probably keep hold of regardless if we go up or not. And then obviously yeah, the likes of Spence and James Garner. So James Garner's been so consistent for us this season. I think he's he showed us what it was like under Chris Uton last season and then this season he's just come into his elements again. We've just got an undroppable squad at the moment. You can name our first 11. If it wasn't for injuries, that squad wouldn't be, that first 11 wouldn't be changing. Um, so yeah, I'd like, I probably would agree and say it probably would be the Fulham, Bournemouth and, and, and Forest up there. I know that Aaron was a bit against it when I kind of made that prediction before we started, but that's what I'd like to see anyway. Well, yeah, it, it'll be interesting in a moment to see um, to see how uh, how Aaron thinks it's going to end up. Um, but yeah, I think it, it has been one of those where I think it's the same every season in the Championship where because you don't know from season to season what the landscape's going to be like, you have to kind of take this opportunity when you get it. So I think Forrest are in that situation where they have to just go, they just have to absolutely go for it. But then you could also say so are Luton and, and Huddersfield and these teams. Sheffield United have obviously been in the, the Premier League probably the most recently out of that that playoff pack. Um, but yeah, Forrest are going to be, you know, just just going, you know, no holds barred, straight for, straight for this. Aaron, I don't know, obviously Jack saying there that you don't necessarily agree with that is there firstly is, is Fulham and Bournemouth the top two definitely for you obviously I mean Fulham are, pro- are going to be first a Bournemouth second and who would be the the playoff the playoff winners for you yeah so, so as I sort of agree with Ryan with this about 80 85 percent Bournemouth unless they have a really bad run with two games in hand you expect them to go up and their squad is so strong you know the, the amount of strength they did in January was, was ridiculous so if they don't go up it'd be a travesty really for them uh, so yeah, so Fulham, Bournemouth, and for me, it'll be a toss-up between Sheffield United and Middlesbrough. I mean, I would actually like to see Forrest uh, come up, uh, Jack, funnily enough, just because, you know, they're the massive club in my whole lifetime. They've always been, well, more or less championship or below. So it'd be good to see them up. But I just think, like, recent history, sort of bottling it late on, that, that's just where I, I see it going. And then with Cooper losing the playoff final with Swansea, I just don't know with it. That's where I'm sort of leaning towards your Middlesbrough with Chris Wilder, who's got promoted Sheffield United, a strong squad, um, and they've just been in the Premier League. So I'm leaning towards them too. If I had to pick between Sheffield United or Middlesbrough, I think I would just lean towards Middlesbrough, just for the momentum, just lean towards them. But, but it's a toss-up really between either one of those two. Nice. Um, I I would say it is a difficult one. I would probably, I'm veering towards Forest or Middlesbrough personally. Um, I think I want to say, I want to say, I kind of want it to be Forest. I just think it would be a nice moment for for Forest in terms of the fact that they are, as you said, Aaron there, like they are a very big club with a, a, a huge history within European football and and at the top of the English game and everything like that. So to see a club like that kind of return would be great. Obviously, as I said before, I'd love to see Luton there. But from more of a realistic point of view, I probably would say Forest uh, personally. 
Um, Ryan, just before we go, um, I wanted to touch on quickly the, the Premier League relegation scrap, because obviously we're going to see three teams come into the championship next season. Uh, currently, it's looking, it's looking like Watford, Burnley and Norwich. Obviously, there's a lot of time for change there with Brentford, Leeds, Everton, even Newcastle still uh, potentially going down. There's, there's a possibility of that, despite their, their incredible run of form since the January transfer window. Was, is, is there a team that you would kind of like to welcome back into the championship specifically? Do you, do you think, because obviously Watford, but Watford and Norwich specifically have been there quite recently. Burnley haven't been there for, for, for a while now. Is there a team out of those three current bottom three teams that you'd want to see come back? I would love to see Everton or Leeds in the championship because they've got massive fan bases and that'd be great uh, monetization for the podcast. Um, but I think the most likely scenario will be uh, Norwich and Watford, I think we could all agree, are probably going to be relegated this season. And it probably will be Burnley. Um, I think they've been towing the line for quite a while now, haven't they? And it'll probably this is probably their time. Um, having said that, I've not been convinced by Frank Lampard at Everton until um, I've never really been convinced with him as a manager ever. So it wouldn't surprise me if um, they continue to linger around the bottom three for the remainder of the season and then get just pipped right at the end by someone like Burnley, who aren't a terrible side, are they? They're obviously so stubborn and with someone like Wout Weghorst, whose name I always struggle to pronounce, um, they could always cause a few problems for the other side. So I think it's going to be tight, um, but I think it probably will be the bottom three as it is. Yeah, I think it'll be exciting to see, especially if we look at Everton, some of the players who will be who could be championship players next season it's ridiculous to see um a team of that of that sort of stature who have spent that amount of money in this position currently but um yeah so it would be no surprise to see norwich down there again um i i've always had a soft spot for norwich um and it's a shame to see them stuck in this kind of you know yo-yo sort of situation but i think it's just if they're not going to spend the money to 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 stay up then you know, they're, they're, they're going to be back to the championship every other season. And it's exciting. It can continue to be exciting, the championship, every single time that I tune in. So um, I would definitely recommend any any people watching who are solely Premier League or European football fans, do try and check out more of the championship if and when you can. And uh, let us know how you get on. <laughs> let us know how you find it. And let us know what you think of this episode as well. Uh, the socials are all going to be down below. Um, Aaron and Jack, I don't know if you want to mention anything else just before um just before we close nothing in particular me I, I don't know where this is actually going out but it's uh, it's a big weekend of football from from my end with the welsh derby and then no firm <laughs> so so hopefully it'll be a nice week card of celtic double uh chances are it won't be and also just to point out it's an absolute travesty that the Cardiff Swansea game is three o'clock on a Saturday whereas it's Blackpool Nottingham Forest the half 12 kickoff on Sky just want to put that out there I don't care where you guys are on the table it is a travesty just put it out there yeah to be fair Sky Sports are loving Forest at the moment every, every game I can't get to is I've got a season ticket off so I live in London so I go back for as many games as I can but every game I'm missing, I get to see on Sky Sports now. It's brilliant. The Sky Sports curse has kind of gone from us. Um, but yeah, no, just sort of like just talking just before we finish. Um, obviously, um, wearing a Coventry City top in disguise, Derby fan down there. Um, what's what? How are you kind of feeling about Derby's situation now? Because like as a Forest fan, I don't want to see 
I don't want to see Dar- well, I didn't want to see Derby go down. But obviously, it's looking likely that is going to be the case now. And obviously, every week we kind of see more and more towards kind of the liquidation. What's actually going on there? Nobody knows. And that's the big problem that the administrators in charge of Derby right now are keeping their cards close to their close to themselves, but they're not really giving much information to Derby fans. And that's where the frustration lies. And the longer this goes on, the more and more fear grows that Derby are going to go out of business. And pe- people will keep saying that Derby is too big a club to go out of business. And I think many people were thinking the exact same thing in the early days of the administration, but it's becoming more and more real. And at the time of recording, I think there were only two interested buyers. There were four initially, um, and there were rumours overnight that another one's pulled out. I don't know how strong those rumours are, whether it's just Twitter rumours, but it won't surprise me if that happens. And if that keeps happening, then there could be a situation where Derby don't have any interested buyers and we've only got money till the end of the season. So that will mean the club goes out of business. Why aren't, and, um, why aren't anyone picking, sorry Ryan, why, why isn't anyone picking them up? Why, why are people pulling out? Like, why is there not more interested parties in it? Because Derby is such a huge club. Unbelievable amounts of debt. So one big issue is they don't own the football stadium. Don't own Pride Park because it got sold to the old owner to get around football financial fair play. Um, so that's one stumbling block and it's added an extra 20 million or so onto the price tag. And whoever does buy Derby has to pay a lot of the fees that the old ownership didn't buy. For example, I think Derby owe a large chunk of money to Arsenal for the fee that they got that for the money they paid for Christian Bielik. Um, they owe a load of money to um, a club in Poland for a lad called Kamil Jozwiak, who was barely played and now shipped off anyway. Um, and most concerning of all, they owe a lot of money to HMRC. And you don't want to mess with the tax man because that's going to bite you on the arse. So whoever has to, whoever does eventually buy Derby, if anyone does buy Derby, they're having to fork out a lot of money from their own pockets for stuff that they have got no fault in, if you see what I mean. Um, so it's not a very attractive proposition and thankfully there are buyers but how long they'll stick around if things don't get sorted out soon who knows i think you just got to give gratitude to um to wayne uh, wayne rooney's commitment though throughout this this season obviously he had the chance to leave um when the everton job came around and i feel like he's actually despite kind of your run of form of late i think he's actually got your team playing really well no rooney's done a fantastic job and when the whole debacle happened, when he initially signed with the whole 32 red thing and what have you, he, he wasn't the most... He, people were like, oh, cool, we've got Wayne Rooney, hey. Um, and he was quite interested in And then when he was in charge, well, he was appointed manager last season, he wasn't the most popular because he was making some questionable decisions. He was calling out players who probably didn't deserve it. Um, and we were heading into this season a bit sceptical about how, how we do. But now... He's, he's done a fantastic job and I think every Derby fan will take their hat off and say you are a legend a Derby legend at this point obviously he hasn't really accomplished much as a manager because Derby is still going down but the commitment that he's shown and 
um, the pure patience that he's had with being kept in the dark as much as all the Derby fans about the situation has got to be admired. And he, he has done a fantastic job. It, Derby probably won't stay up at this point, but getting the club to a point where they nearly stayed up with a minus 21 point deduction is a fabulous achievement. And he's that's not even taking into account factors at the start of the season where he only had a handful of players to actually choose from and he had to give contracts out to Phil Jagielka, who's basically in a wheelchair at this point, and Richard Stearman, whose knees are bust. So he's done a marvellous job. He really, really has. And I think when people talk about him being a future Premier League manager, I think he's shown now that he probably will be at some point. What do you think will happen in terms of if, if the club is in League One next season, do you think it, Rooney will still be there? Or do you think he could even make a step to a different championship side? Or um, would you begrudge him that? Or do you think from do you think it's almost a situation where he's seen things through this far that you kind of want him to 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 help kind of maybe bring the club back up, wait until some new owners are in and return them to the championship at least? I don't know what your sort of thoughts are. I'd be surprised if he did leave, to be honest. He said in the past that the job he wants is the Man United job. And obviously that's not going to come about anytime soon. Um, But you've got to think about this from um, the position of Rooney. He's in a bit of a non-lose situation because Derby, there's rumours of another points deduction happening next season because of various different things. Um, And if that does happen, then there's absolutely no expectation for Derby to get promoted again next season. So he'll just be ticking over as normal. And if, for example, Derby got relegated, then people won't be pointing the finger at Rain Rooney. They'll be pointing the finger at points deductions, no money, squad that's been torn apart. So it's honestly a non-lose situation for him. And I'd be very surprised if he went to another championship side. If a Premier League job came up, maybe he'd be tempted by it. But I think he's shown such commitment so far that I'd be very surprised to actually see him leave. And plus, I don't think any Premier League clubs will want to take the chance on him just yet. I think he needs to prove himself a bit more. Yeah, interesting to learn a little bit more about that because I keep seeing a lot of news coming out about Derby, but... It, it, it kind of seems the landscape seems to change so often with, with buyers kind of talk, talk of buyers, talk about the stadium, about the players. Obviously, some players' contracts have, have been um, sort of terminated and they've, been, they, they've had to leave for, for various different reasons. And I think we all, we all hope that the situation gets resolved in the, the way that's going to impact the club the least, I suppose, because it is a club we've obviously seen in the Premier League before and an established championship side up until all this started happening. So, yeah, it, it would be a shame to see them uh, down in League One. So, hopefully, we'll see some, some, you know, a bit, a bit of light at the end of the tunnel for for Derby at some point in the near future. But um, yeah, it's been it's been a great chat today talking about the championship. I hope um, everyone watching or listening to the full time whistles kind of had their eyes open to the league if they don't if they don't follow it um, at the moment. But um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to to talk about. As Aaron said, I don't um, know exactly when this is going out, but the day that we're recording this, uh, we've just released my conversation with Joe Donahue from Leeds Live, um, just talking about Bielsa and Jesse Marsh and uh, you know whether whether he thinks Leeds are going to stay up. It was recorded at the start of March, so I do apologise if any of it's a little bit dated. Um, but yeah, we're hoping to get some more regular sort of content. We've got a few other things in the pipeline. I know Luke spoke to Hugo Schechter, who used to work at, uh, at West Ham and has worked very closely with some big players at West Ham. So that'll be an exciting one. 
And um, yeah, the, f- the future's looking good. So massive thanks to uh, Ryan for coming and joining us. Um, obviously, go and check out the second tier if you get the opportunity to do that. We, uh, they're, they're way ahead of us in terms of the podcast game at the moment. We'll still anyway leave, leave the link in the description for you. Um, I'm sure they don't need us to, but we will uh, for politeness's sake. So uh, cheers, Ryan, for coming on. I hope you've enjoyed it. Cheers, chaps. Thank you for having me on. No problem. And uh, thanks to Aaron and Jack as well uh, for joining us. Um, yeah, it's been a good episode. So thanks for watching and thanks for listening. See you.